So, uh, guys, I was literally sitting at home. I was having a chill. And I get this voice message of Mike. And bear in mind, he's been playing The Last of Us Part 2. I've finished The Last of Us Part 2 at this point. So I know exactly everything that's going to be happening in the game. And I get this voice message from Mike opening up. And he's like, nah, mate, fuck this game. Fuck this game. It's fucking shit. No, I'm fucking done. Chris, Chris, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not playing this game. I'm going to uninstall this game. I am done with this game. Done. <laughs> Bro, legit, yeah? That's exactly what I sent to him word for word. And like... There's no, I've not had someone impersonate me like that so well. So fucking, that was sick. You can hire was, me for ad mix adverts. I mean, you're yeah, not let's go. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. We need I voice actors. Voices so much. I know. Where you been, guys, bro? Where we been? We've been all busy, guys. That's we've, where we've been. We've been too busy, and we should whip ourselves immensely after this. Uh, we're super. St- Hey, condolences, not condolences, sorry. Oh, um, I mean, actually, it's a rest in peace. Mike, 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 has, uh, has someone died? <laughs> no, 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 that's not good. Spoilers, close breath. We're sorry that uh, we haven't posted an episode in a little bit, but we're back and we're back stronger than we are. We took a mini break, um, but yeah. Let's fire off this episode with, as we always do, with the uh, Untold Culture podcast. What we've been doing, guys, where we've been, what we've been playing, and how we're all feeling. Oh my God, what have I been playing? How am I feeling? This is just like, boom, I don't know what to say. Um, I mean, obviously, I finished The Last of Us Part 2, which, mm-hmm. as you guys know, right, how tamp and raging and angry I was about The Last of Us Part 2 leaks. Um, I'm not going to say if they're real or fake or whatever. I'm going to no spoilers on this in, on this chat, especially for Rayhan. What I will say is that I'm happy I read the leaks before I went in. I will stick with that, and I'm going to stay with that. Uh, the ending was never spoiled for me, which is awesome. I got to experience the ending without it being spoiled, which was great. Uh, and that game, in my opinion, is a 10 out of 10 masterpiece and it is game of the year no way game of the year boy absolutely wow are you not being biased because it's your favorite i'm not being biased because look right graphically it is like unlike anything on pc i think the only thing that comes close to it now i guess since it's released is death stranding on pc it probably it probably comes close to it there but i mean the last of us part two graphically even pc gamers are like oh my god how are you playing this on a on a playstation 4 <laughs> i mean I, i'm playing on the pro but i mean no like graphically mechanically like there has never been combat so brutal and smooth in my mm. whole entire life have i like life life have i ever seen combat <laughs> So brutal and smooth. Like you can go from running off a side of a building, like kind of Assassin's Creed Leaper facing someone in the jugular with your pen knife. In the same instance, you can kind of slide backwards on your ass and shoot someone in the head as they're coming towards you. Then go up from prone, run towards someone and stab them through the throat. It's amazing. It's so fluid. It's also very unforgiving. I mean, like if you get shot in the meantime of that, if you get shot in the meantime, then you can, you know, you don't want to really run towards gunfire. So it is unforgiving. But in, in it's it's incredible. I'm I, I, the Last of Us Part Two. I have my doubts. I did. You guys know I have my doubts. All those doubts are thrown out. Congratulations to Neil Druckmann, Haley Grass, Troy Baker, Ashley Johnson, uh, Shine Woodward. Um, uh, what's her name? Laura Bailey. Uh, you know, the entire just crew and cast of The Last of Us Part Two. You have made the definitive final game for PlayStation and you've made a timeless masterpiece. And one, in my opinion, that is only an, 
like not even an inch, like a millimeter away from being as good as the first game. Like only a millimeter away. Like it is so small. It, it's nearly as good as the first game. And I'm getting, I'm, I'm also playing Ghost of Tsushima at the moment, Ooh. which is good. It's good. Um, I mean, I've only put a few hours into it, so I can't. And there was times when I was playing it, I was like, oh my God, this is Assassin's Creed Japan. This is what Assassin's Creed Japan is going to feel like. <laughs> would, would, would feel like apart from the Valhalla combat looks terrible. But anyway, uh, yeah. So, um, you know, so I was playing it and I was like, went to this dojo area that had been taken over, temple area. Uh, and they played like an Assassin's Creed mission where it was like fully open. I could jump on the roofs and hide and stab people. Uh, and that's what I did. And I thought, then I was playing going, I really love this. However, there is a travesty going on at the moment and it is driving me mad. And I'm sorry, I love you, Sucker Punch, the studio. But people are saying, oh, Ghost Tsushima is the best looking game on PlayStation 4. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's <laughs> good looking. The Last of Us Part 2. Face animations. <laughs> Here it comes. Uh, no, facial animations for a start. Last of Us Part Two are incredible. Um, scenery, incredible. Character models, incredible. Weapon models, incredible. Like Ghost Tsushima is brilliant. I mean, it looks good, but it does not even take a scratch off Last of Us Part Two. Don't get me wrong, the Ghost of Tsushima's wide vistas and particle effects are really cool, right? But mm -hmm. you still, like, everyone's like, oh my God, the rain in Ghost of Tsushima is so beautiful. You see the rain in Last of Us Part Two? It creates Puddled in front of your eyes, for Christ's sake! It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't do that in Ghost Tsushima. I'm probably peeking a lot. I'm really sorry. I'm just very passionate about Last of Us Part 2. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to end that on that. But I've been playing Last of Us Part 2 and Ghost of Tsushima. Um, love you all lots. <laughs> <laughs> and goodbye. That's, me. That's, that's just just the diamond dusted. Also, guys, we forgot to mention that, obviously, we have our number one special guest of all time, Oh, Wolf in land closing. I don't even know if he's a special guest anymore. I think he's Not just a regular guest. Now, I think he? he's just part of the Untold Culture so, podcast. So, Hell guys, yeah. let's go. Uh, give it up for James for our fourth member of the Untold Culture podcast. He's been, he's, 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 he's joined. He's like, you know, when you get a TV show and they're like, special guest. And now then you get an announcement going, they're now being a regular appearance. They're now part of the main cast. That is James yeah. and the Untold Culture podcast. How are you doing, James? How's it going down oh, on the RPG boy? Am I on the payroll yet? <laughs> there <is> no payroll. <laughs> you get paid in the tears of crying children. I'm oh, sorry. Whoa. Payroll? Podcast? Don't tell him. Don't Social tell him. media? Influencer? <laughs> so I mean, like how far do we go down the rabbit hole here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, my week's... Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Um... Glad to be on on the show again. Um, and what have I been playing? Well, in obviously, you know, we've had a lot of big games this year. Final Fantasy VII, a massive game. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, another big game, and Last of Us Two, amazing. So I have been playing Crazy Taxi on the Dreamcast. Let's go! My no God, Crazy Taxi used to be my jam. And I, I, I did, did you know you can get it for free on your phone? Like actual Sega Crazy Taxi. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Free Crazy Taxi on your phone. It's the most addictive shit ever. I'm sitting on my tr in the train station like, it's Crazy Taxi. And I'm there like driving my fucking taxi trying to get the screaming woman going, oh, no, you went the wrong way. You know, <laughs> anywhere she can possibly go. Um, but no, James, I agree. Good man, good man. Crazy Taxi. Good Fair. choice, man. Good choice. Yeah. It's not even a meme as well. Like genuinely, that's what he's been playing. I want to see a Crazy Taxi 4K remake. Oh, if, 
I've been setting up the um, I've been setting up the console. So it's the um, the Mega Drive, it's the Sega Saturn, and the Dreamcast, and I'm calling it the Mega Sega. They're just um, so yeah, it's the ultimate in you know Sega games technology. Um, even though the the, the newest consoles probably about 20 years old now mm. uh, but yeah so i've just been doing a bit of retro gaming uh i mean there's some gems on that dreamcast i mean i should probably just save it for another time but there's just to name a few crazy taxi jet set radio power power stud is a game that capcom really need to look at bringing back oh my god definitely dude power stone was the was the one i remember going to uh it wasn't after school club but like this kind of like uh youth club back in the day um and we had a dream car set up with power stone in it and that was fucking number one dude yeah so passing the time and um and oh actually i have been playing one new, uh, well i say new game in comparison I, i've restarted the phantom pitting um i just I, I just think it was just this amazing game that i only ever played through once because it just had its little it's incredible issues. until the ending the ending just makes you go uh, yeah, yeah. There were some major issues, but it's playing it again, knowing all the stuff that's happening, is allowing me to appreciate the better parts of it. So, yeah. I just, I just saw something that kind of like interesting. I literally just, as we we're talking about Power Stone, I literally just googled it again, and uh, there's this article saying that uh, Capcom's cult classic Power Stone could release on a Nintendo Switch. Uh, uh, in f- in the future, according to an oh. interview with the games designer and producer, that would be perfect. James would love that. And, and the Switch, the Switch is a great console. F- uh, I don't use that my Switch. I'm selling my Switch. I haven't used it for a month. I, f- I thought you were having great fun with like uh, Bioshock. Bioshock I played like two minutes of it and was like, it looks beautiful. But I don't play handheld consoles. I'm I'm shit. Uh, fair enough. Fair um, enough. What I will say though is. What about the Croc remake that might be happening, Mikey? Dude, don't even get me started on the Croc remake, dude. As soon as I saw that announced, I nearly wet myself. Like I was that that excited, super happy to to hear that. If if that's legit and that's actually happening, then no, 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 I'm gonna that article's legit. Um, it comes from my friend Patrick who works for Polygon. Um, he posted it on his Facebook. Oh so, yeah, my god, legit. mate. Yep. Well. If you were like me and you had, you know, the Mega Sega, then you would be playing Croc because that is one of the games that's on my Sega Saturn. You know who's going to get robbed in the middle of the night now as Mikey comes all the way to the Fully just come and nab your, your Mega Sega uh, station and just bring it back to mine. Can you imagine someone getting bagged for like a, a console you can buy on like eBay for like 15 quid now? Quit, Mikey, what are you doing? Go buy one, you idiot. Oh my god, I need to go back. No, you know what? I've actually I still got my PS1 and I still got my croc. It's just that my mum's. So all I've got to do is just go and grab that and get it all set up and I think I'll be good to go. So the magical Ray Han Lysabia. What have you been playing? Yo yo. Oh boy, how do I how do I put this towards everyone who's probably gonna judge me harshly because um I said that I would never return, and yet, unfortunately, I have. You have not done what I no. have done. So, June 9th, it was like a week before June 9th, and, and I, was, I was like, okay, 
I'll just watch it for fun. I won't do anything and I won't proceed with anything. Can someone tell and, me how to um, kick him? Is there a kick button? In the <laughs> <laughs> it's not my fault. It's it's Bungie's fault. What they're doing with their, their, their infrastructure with releasing content is at a stage where it's brought me back into the game purely down to just completing said activities and, and, and chasing after rituals that is brand new. And, and the sandbox has changed incredibly. Um, for four years, not even for four years, but for six years, um, you know, Rise of Iron was kind of tipping us towards this this different era, but with the Age of, Tri- Age of Triumph, sorry. But I'd say six years we've been waiting for this uh, massive villain called the Darkness, these pyramids in Destiny, and we never got to see them in the game until recently with this new season called Season of Arrivals. And we're at this stage where the pyramids are now making their moves slowly. They're not really doing anything yet, but they're making some sort of progress. And Bungie's acknowledging that. Yeah, they're making progress until six DLCs later. Oh, look, the pyramids are finally here, guys. We did it. I'm happy for them to space out content rather than release it all at once and then burn out content over the space of the year. But now that they've moved away from the release model of September releases for Destiny, now that Bungie has their own IP back, I'm very hopeful to see what they're going to do with this game. How they release their content is entirely up to themselves. They don't have to go down the whole season pass route in the future. They could literally do one expansion and then supplement story content wherever wherever they want to go. So, Give me a favor, Ray. Can you please say into the whole of the, the podcast, can you repeat after me? I am Ray Han. I am Ray Han. I am a Destiny-aholic. And I am a Destiny-aholic. There, there we go. go. We it. we it's not my floor. fault there that I'm go. good at the game. I, 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 it's. I don't know what to do. I'm just really good at. First stage to recovery content. is admitting you have a problem. Oh hell yeah! But to be honest, I, I need an excuse to jump back on Final Fantasy VII Remake. Hopefully, I can I can get back on that on the PS4. Uh, but yeah, I've been playing Destiny 2 quite a lot, and uh, that's not even going to change because. Nah, every... man. You, you play whatever makes you happy. I'm only messing. We don't. The PS5 is going to have 60 frames at 4K for Destiny 2, and it is free. It's it's. Think about it. The PlayStation 5 is going to have Destiny 2 as a free-to-play game on launch day. If you don't have any copies of, of any PS5 games and you need to test something out, download Destiny 2 on PlayStation 5. It is free. It's going to be 165 gig. I know that's a lot. Holy but the game, the game will be playable in 4K, 60 frames per second, natively. Well, it's going to be play, playable in uh, for free on the day PlayStation 5 comes out. Grand Theft Auto 5! <laughs> <laughs> Again, for the hundredth time! <laughs> it's literally starting to turn into a Skyrim joke, isn't it? Like yeah, Skyrim, yeah, yeah. Skyrim got so bad, they put it on Alexa. <laughs> They've seen the Project Red's doing that as well, aren't they? With the, uh, the Witcher 3 and stuff like that. Whoa, 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 whoa. they're putting it on Alexa? The Witcher 3? No, 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 but they've done... I'm excited, then I was like, okay, I've done Cockle going. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bethesda, CD Projekt Red, and and Rockstar. I have no idea what their head honchos are thinking. They are... Just fucking release a new IP, for God's sake, man. They are. <laughs> CD Projekt Red are with Cyberpunk. Just get... I know, but they keep delaying it. It's like, yeah, we're not ready yet. We're not ready yet. We want to give you the game, but we're not ready yet. To be fair, but, did you see have you seen the Cyberpunk gameplay? It looks like it's going to be so ambitious. I yeah, mean, man, I, that's like I'm next kind of level, like, dude. 
And also, bear in mind, these companies probably didn't know the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. That's and right. Also Project, whatever it's called, uh, the, the cheaper Series X is going to be coming out this year. They probably, no one probably knew that. So they're probably like, ah, we're going to play our games we can get on the next consoles. Dude, Cyberpunk was announced in 2012, way back before the PS4 and the Xbox One were even announced, man. This game has is 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 basically our Final Fantasy 15 for for this for this generation. Oh no, fair, fair. Um, I want to ask you guys actually, even though you get the free upgrade, um, if you would buy. So this is where things get interesting, right? So they're saying that games are going to be more expensive on the uh, uh, Series X and the PS5. Uh, and whatever the project Harlock, what's it called? Project Lockhart. Project Lockhart, the cheaper series. Yeah. People yeah. are saying that games are going to be more expensive, like 70, 60 pounds. So, with this whole thing where you can upgrade for free onto the next gen consoles, if you buy it, I believe you've got to buy it digitally for that. I don't think you can buy it on disc, you can buy it digitally. I could be wrong. You know, I don't know for sure. If any of you do know, tell me. Um, would you literally be like, well, I'm just going to buy the cheaper copy even though i've already got the new console and then just play it on the new console because that's what i'm going to do what's the point of paying brand new money for the brand new copy this shiny ps5 packaging or shiny xbox series x packaging i can get it for 20 pound cheaper uh if as long as i buy the 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 lower gen version that'll then upgrade for free when i put it in my new console or put the code in my new console I'm I'm so happy to come back on the podcast and talk about this, man. I'm so stoked. I'm sure James and Mikey <laughs> probably have the same feelings towards uh, towards this. Let's if we go back to to 2013, the exact same conversation happened back then with the PS3 and the PS4, Xbox One and Xbox uh, 360. The price point for both games was ten pound difference. The so PS3 and Xbox 360, the maximum amount of of money you'd pay for a new game was 39.99, and that was standard. Some games would be 50. But that was because they had an incentive for pre-orders or special editions and stuff like that. But the mm-hmm. base price was thirty nine ninety nine. With PlayStation Four and um, Xbox One, they started at around forty nine ninety nine, and mm-hmm. gradually over time they increased that. This is pounds. I'm talking with US dollars. It is sort of approximately the same. You could say forty nine ninety nine dollars or fifty nine ninety nine. It just depends on on RRP. But if we take the GPP, GBP, which is pounds, it's currently RRP pricing of about fifty nine ninety nine, and this is for triple A games that are new, and that's just purely down to production costs. If you think about everything, take away marketing and PR, because that's a separate, separate, um, a streamline of revenue that they they gain from from the game. But in terms of just generally from point of pre production to to getting the game out on disc by going gold the production costs have increased so much take the last of us 2 for example they could have easily said to to naughty playstation could have easily said to naughty dog right this is this is the biggest game of this generation we're going to be marking the price up and selling it for 69.99 which they did with the special edition which you got the steelbook version but the standard version was sold for i think was it 49.99 or 54.99 and and i think they could have easily just said right fuck it we're going to sell the game for 80 quid and 70 quid respectively but they knew that if they did that around this time they would cause an even greater uproar with pricing so i think as to expect with games and i'm sure you guys can agree with me and carry this discussion forwards 
that I accept the price of games going up by £10 because I know that the production of these games are gaining an even bigger traction than they did 10 years ago with mm. voice actors, mm-hmm. 3D artists, mm-hmm. uh, concepts, uh, music, everything. The, the, the type of things we have in games is increasing in terms of the scope of the score, the scope of the sound effects, the scope of the level design, and the scope of how much emotion actors and actresses such as Ashley Johnson and Troy Baker can bring to games. They are going to be asking for a, a bigger payout because what they can bring to the table. And not just them, but new actors are starting to come out of, of, of these, of these um, not just not just recording your voices, but mo-capping. Mo-capping is becoming such a normal uh, thing in games nowadays that they are going to be asking for more money. So more money, production costs, which means more money you're going to have to sell the game for. That's that's what I think. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I wouldn't be super annoyed or angry if I went into a store to buy a PS5 game and it would be 60 or 70 quid. Oh, because of those reasons that you've just said. Obviously, like we're used to kind of like the the prices getting bumped more and more as each generation a new console comes out. Um, but obviously, uh, depending on what type of games they are, like for example, Cyberpunk and all of like the like big AAA games. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. It's gonna obviously we'll have to adjust to the price change when it comes out like and obviously with we're already kind of getting used to like those games that have like the limited edition or the collector's editions like people will go out and buy those and spend x amount of money for those editions anyway so just bumping up the price by a fiver or a 10 pound difference for just the base game i don't i'm not sure it'll be that bad what'll be a massive kick in the teeth to fans if Sony have, and I love Sony a bit, and I would never count, shout Sony out in a negative way. It's not me shouting you out in a negative way, Sony. I want to work with you one day on films, video games, everything. But look, what would be bad if they turn around on PS5 day of release and go, you know, the Spider-Man Miles Morales is basically Uncharted Lost Legacy. That's 70 quid. No, no, Sony. In advance, you do not do that. Spider-Man Miles Morales is not priced as a full price game because it's not a full price game. I, I swear, do not do that because uh, there's rumors that they are going to do that and seeing it's already been admitted it's half the size of the original spider-man game it's not going to be very fair on consumers if you do hmm. they won't do that um i i don't think sony would ever try to push a game like miles morales to a high price point um just because it, it won't it's not going to cost the same as spider-man number one did it's i think maybe you'd say about 60 percent of that goes into mars morales that will probably be borderline 50 45 to 50 quid this is digital and i'm not sure about retail but i'm sure the prices will obviously be be expected as around 45 to 50 um it will never go above that 70 pound is where the envelope is going to be pushing for games like assassin's creed valhalla and cyberpunk on on playstation 5 and xbox series one x but just going to reiterate this chris and mikey you've both worked in retail before so you Mm -hmm. must have some sort of understanding when it comes to uh game retail stores buying these units off of these distributors selling Mm -hmm. them and then making a profit they don't gain a lot of profit from these games because they have to they have to for example um 
when Valhalla comes out or Watch Dogs Legion, for example, those AAA games, they game will buy it off Ubisoft for if the game's going to be released at fifty five pound, just saying approximately. Do you think roughly? I think like they would probably give Ubisoft like forty pound for it, and they will sell it for fifty and only gain ten pound profit back from that i'm sure you guys have probably seen that working in retail what are your thoughts around that quite interesting with the whole margin situation so um some games of high margin some games of lower margin so for example um so god of war came out for example right the new god of war on playstation yeah um game rp the copy at 50 quid uh so game then would be making their margin because they bought the deal with sony they'd make 20 pound per copy of god of war but some games, like COD, they only made like three pound per copy of. That's crazy, man. That's just... Is that just down to publisher? And it, how... it, it depends what deals game have. So you find, so you always find Mike. Mike, you know this. They yeah. always try and get you to push the game exclusive versions because they make a higher margin off it. Yeah. Let's say, let's say there's three copies of Last of Us Part Two, right? You've got the game exclusive one, this 55. Standard one is 50, and the special 70, right? Uh-huh. Game will make, let's say, 10 pound off the special, which is 70. They'll make 25 pound off the game exclusive one, and they'll make uh, 15 pound off the standard one. So they're always going to push the game exclusive on. That's just me throwing numbers out there, but they always yeah. make a higher margin off game exclusive because they've come up with a deal to make it better for them and better for the publisher. Hundred percent. Every time they always they always ask you to push to get them to buy, and you always got to try and make it out like they're not they're not uh, the customer's not going to spend that much difference if they get. And and what they try to do you to t- tell you to do as well is like tell them like. Uh, in detail on like every everything that the person's going to get that they won't be able to get if they don't get this like really trying to like not manipulate but just edge the person onto like all right i don't mind spending an extra like 10 or 15 pound for like all of that nonsense that probably doesn't really matter like a, a skin for your horse in a resident uh what's called red dead 2 like it's a resident redemption <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, my, my, my brain i had two games in my, in, in my brain but yeah uh like especially stuff like that when i was working in a game and like we we're trying to push like uh like what was it the legendary and version of red dead 2 and then there was another oh, one i can't remember what it was but by the way, my, my margins are probably slightly off, but it was it was a big margin on God of War compared to a tiny margin on Call of Duty. But then, then Call of Duty would get even better. Like like Mike says, because it'd be like, oh my guys, with Call of Duty, if you pay extra fiver, you get a game exclusive pre-order pack with exclusive playing cards with, yeah. uh, with, with a gun skin. Oh, and a special cardboard wallet for your game. <gasps> oh. But, then we find out games making ten pound off these five pound wallets. They're making even more money. It's really it's it's, it's business. It's 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 crazy. Yeah. And they also do that thing around the store where they like place all of this stuff behind the, the behind the till, like all this like socks and bags and key rings and chains oh, and stuff they, like that. So they, they, to try they, and get you to throw that in there as well. They like call what? it they, they call it attach. Uh, and I yeah. am the king. The Where are you the king, king? The fucking king, king. of attach. <laughs> so so my, my, my boss, uh Kerry, he used to know what games I was passionate about. And you guys know me, and people listening probably yeah. know me a bit better. I'm very talkative about the games I'm passionate about. Uh and I'm very excitable and that energy draws on to customers. So I am pleased and very proud to announce 
of the entire business, we had the highest rate of Assassin's Creed attach for Syndicate launch day. Let's Boom. go. Boom. Come on. Come Boom. on. <laughs> Can we get a five head in chat, bro? Poggers. <laughs> not just that, we had it for loads of other games as interesting. Maybe not the highest in the business, but the highest in the region for those ones. It was mad. It was absolutely insane. Uh, and I used to hate FIFA. But when when my boss came to me and he's like, right, Chris, I mean, hate FIFA, but you're really good at attaching stuff. Do me a favor, treat FIFA like a game that you love. And I'm like, hate FIFA, treat it like a game you love. <laughs> Imagine FIFA is Assassin's Creed. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. And guess what? I imagine FIFA was Assassin's Creed. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I might have been you know, making some Assassin's Creed references to FIFA fans who are like, what the fuck are you talking about? But, <laughs> but, but we were the highest in the region for attach on FIFA. Boom. Let's go. <laughs> so that kind of mentality got me going, oh, okay, yeah, I'll try to treat assassin. Yeah, people like Assassin's Creed. Um, but then obviously, as Mike probably agreed, midnight launches and stuff just died because you can now just get the game yeah. on yeah. your console at midnight. And most people are like, why would I venture out into the cold when I can literally just sit in my house and at midnight goes, ding, you can now play. Yeah. Uh, hey, going back to the question though, uh, James. Oh, what... yeah. Sorry, I was tangent. No, nah, we we both went on the tangent. Uh, James, what do you reckon about like price differences and stuff for, like next gen consoles or games and stuff? <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I think like considering I've been going through them Dreamcast and Sega Saturn games, you'd be surprised a lot. Of, a lot of the stickers on the prices were about 40 40 some pound. So I mean, like that was a long time ago, man. And you know, just to see games are, are similar price now for the value you get, you know, for what you get now. I think like it is about time we make that jump, you know, to the next price range. Like, yeah, technology is getting more expensive. You know, there are, there are more overheads and games are getting more ambitious and you need to support that. Um, you know, we can't say that we want more for our money. And then when they say, OK, well, you need to give us a bit more money. We start going, no, <laughs> you can't have my money. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm for it because I, 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 I see it as supporting the arts, and I know yeah. there is, I know there's like probably more corporate greed going on, but that's where microtransactions come in. Like, you know, what I mean, we know when we're getting played. Yeah, I never uh, see like there's, there's so much more, uh, like indie games, for example, that's just getting pumped out as well. So like, just buying a, a really good, uh, indie game for like fifteen pound or like twelve quid. Uh, uh, and then obviously like the mad difference is like you're, you're still getting like really good games for the price you're buying it for anyway so yeah I want to mention yeah. that too. I want to mention and it goes into what Mike just said about indie games how many indie games are at PlayStation 5 showcase they proper push the indie games on that yeah yeah it did man we'll, 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 we'll go into the indie section as well for, for the PlayStation 5 but let's just, uh, I guess, let's just recap because it's been quite a while since we saw that um, that reveal event um, when they showcased the console and the accessories behind it. I think we weren't expecting a sort of white color console. We were expecting a black kind of sleek console. So this sort of adventure that they're doing with their console is brave, hands down. What they what they're doing is uh, they've never done this before, uh, except with the PlayStation One. So it's quite it's it's just weird seeing a white playstation as its main can we all go in 
Can we all go in and just say whether you like it or not? I'll go first. I mean, I... It, it, it looks like a Wi-Fi router for me. Yeah, that was, the, that was the whole meme that came out of it. Like, people were put as soon as it got revealed, like, people were posting, like, their Wi-Fi routers saying, look, I already got the PS5 before, before it's even out. Like, but yeah, I actually really like the design. What, what would you guys like? What do you guys think? James and, and Chris? Um, I, I like um, but yeah, I mean, it, it does look weird. It's, I think what got me about the whole presentation was that they're, they're quite almost pushing the the discless console as well, you know? D digital version, isn't it? Or edition, yeah. as they call it. But you know why, right? Because most of, like, they got released that mo like, nearly over half of the sales of Last of Us Part 2 were digital. Like, PlayStation are going to be like this. This is going to be their plan. And I don't know if I spoke to you guys about this yet. What's going to be their plan is they're going to be like, okay... So, what we can do, we can sell a PlayStation 5 or digital for £100 cheaper, $100 cheaper. And then we're going to make back all that margin on the, the game sales. Because, because there's no middleman. It's just going all to the PlayStation Store and the developer. So they're making back all the money they've so-called lost on the sale of the console on all the game sales. Because there's no other way you can get games in the PlayStation Store. Oh, yeah. Damn. So Plus, people say, like, you know, like, like you know, people are saying they're going to lose money. They're not. They're actually going to make more money by enticing you to buy a digital console and corner the digital market. They are making so much more money on digital prices, on digital games. Mm. Obviously, we're seeing an we're seeing an increase, like you just said, with uh, all of the di digital versions and, and games that people are buying. Like, no one's really going out to stores and buying stuff now unless they want to get the physical so they can resell it or trade it back in after they're done with it. Like. But yeah, they and then they obviously like they showed off like all the extra little things that they're gonna bring out, like the PlayStation remote and stuff like that. Like what was so that? What the PS the PS5 controller, which is glacier white with black. That controller is more beefier than the PlayStation 4, which is gonna it's gonna do well with a lot of competitive gamers. I'm um, so happy. I love having a beefy controller. I if you guys you guys who know me in person have seen the size of my hands are like fucking dinner plates. I need <laughs> I need a big controller. I'm a big hand boy. Uh, you might, do you know what makes me shit myself? Is when they, they go into a game like, and it has touchpad, you know, controllability. And I'm like, fuck. Because I literally tweeted, no word of a lie, and I didn't get a reply, but they must have seen them. I tweeted uh, the developers of Days Gone every single day for a month with the words, remove the touchpad option. Because every time I played that, fucking game because the size of my hands i'd accidentally hit the touchpad with with my thumb when i'm shooting shit and it pauses the game okay well, well what was your feelings on playing the guitar in last of us 2 how, how do you feel about the touchpad action in it that was fine because it, it, was, it was at certain points you didn't if you press the touchpad in last of us 2 it didn't do anything i mean if yeah. you pressed it in it did but if you just touched it it didn't do anything which is great oh, okay. but in days gone you literally touch it like with a with a feather and boop, the menu comes up and i'm like ah <laughs> eventually they must have seen mine or other people's tweets and they eventually did put an option where you can turn off touchpad controls oh, right i mean it looks like an ergonomic and responsive controller which is going to do well with a lot of gamers out there yeah, I... did, it does it does did you guys see the jeff Keeley presentation yeah um it just it just looks it's, it's very similar and akin to what the xbox one controller is and i feel like they've just they've learned from microsoft they, they've basically shadowed microsoft on the elite controller and and said to themselves right we want to have these kind of features in a controller but make it more accessible and affordable for people and this is what they've come up with the dual sense i love a brand the new name. generation i do, lo I do yeah. love the name. 
it's a it's a new generation of uh, they've they've just completely went from dual shock now to dual sense, which is it's it's a new it's a new adventure for them. But not just with the controller as well, uh, Chris. They've got the three D headset, which is a game changer because it's going to have three D audio. Say it's a game changer, and I'm I'm not showing off. This is generally true. You can Google it. I have using right now one of the world's first 3d audio headphones um they're impossible to get now because they were so popular and so hard to get and they were so cheap for 3d audio headphones but don't know if you guys remember the turtle beach themselves what the first of a 3d audio headphones that the turtle beach 350 vr first yeah. 3d audio headphones just for the vr it's what i'm using right now uh and i was very lucky because obviously reviews came in they're like these are incredible these are like next level headphones cause obviously because it spaces the audio better than surround sound uh, and um, and yeah, I've already got a three uh, a three D headphones, and you won't guess. You won't, do you want to guess how much I paid for them? Because they were on a reduced to clearing game for some reason. Uh, how much 12, are they RRP? Pound, pound. The, the RRP is seventy quid because they're three D audio. Twelve pound. No, 12 I paid. I paid twenty well, quid. I paid twenty. Close, quid. close enough. <laughs> close enough, Mike. <laughs> What I mean is I'm I'm lucky enough to already be experiencing 3D audio on the ones that support it. So Hellblade Center was Sacrifice, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, uh, and I think Last of Us Part 2 supports 3D audio as well. So I've been very lucky to enjoy that 3D audio landscape. I can tell people who are listening who have never experienced 3D audio, holy shit. The closest you guys will ever get to 3D audio is the PSVR headset with the integrated this is version 2.0 by the way so this is the ones with the earbuds attached to the actual unit that's version 2 yeah version 3 yeah. Is the, one, the one where they removed that try that try that on games and and also i didn't realize this lot until last month but the psvr could play 3d movies and it is absolutely brilliant it is so close to an actual it, it just it it feels so good and i didn't realize this was a feature until I actually Googled, can I play 3D Blu-rays on a VR headset? Well, I I haven't used that yet because I've got a 3D 4K TV, so it's never going to look as good as that because that's crispy as hell. Uh, actually, I want to talk about a little gadget, actually, that I have pre-ordered on Kickstarter. It, it's, it's, you know, we're video games and this is a technology gadget. So, I mean, technically I can talk about it because you can use it for video games. I've pre-ordered something. You can still kickstart now. I'm not. We're not endorsed or sponsored by them. Uh, a company called um, anything called the Sonera. Now, the Sonera is a H- HMD head-mounted display. Uh, it's not a VR, but what it does, it is the world's first 5K head-mounted display. So, what happens is, is it's got two 2.5K screens in each eye, uh, and then the way they've done the head-mounted display is it, it makes you think. I haven't used one, but I've just kickstarted it because it was the kickstart was 400 quid. Uh, but a retail it's going to be a grand so i was like it's a no-brainer um and basically because these guys have already got a successful product out already this is the scenario version one that did amazingly that wasn't 5k that was like 4k and it did incredibly and had amazing reviews um so this new one is a lot more lightweight and smaller but basically what it does is it makes you believe you are in a imax cinema screen so you are 20 foot away from a get ready for this 1200 inch screen holy shit that is incredible it's mad i've heard of sinera they 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 did like a huge marketing campaign on instagram where they were just showcasing the the headset and it was being pushed into everyone's feeds it's interesting because i never knew that existed Uh, and then i went and researched and and they um there was a a a version uh, and uh basically a product that is like sinera 
but it's called the moon something uh it's like a moon vr it's basically that but it's the og version that came out a couple years ago and that is the closest thing you'll get to sinera but i think sinera is pushing the envelope and and it's what this generation needs well sinera is not not just pushing the envelope they have got listen to this they've got the first because in this in this headset they have a 2.5 inch oled 5 42.25k screen it's oled OLED. That's crazy. The, 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 the PPI of this 2.5 inch screen is 17 times the PPI as the latest iPhone, the top of the range latest iPhone. It's mad. It's absolute madness. It, it's, um, it sucks. It's not affordable at the moment for a lot of people well, to, to, well, it, I mean, to I mean, use. I mean, okay, fair enough. 400 quid is not affordable, but I mean, I'd rather pay 400 quid at Kickstarter than pay a grand when it comes out. Yeah, but even then, four four hundred pounds is still a lot because I mean oh, there are a lot of people, there are a lot of people out there that are still trying to save up for this PlayStation Five console, and that's going to be five hundred pound disc well, version. I am very, luck, very lucky, boys. I did manage to sell my five hundred million PlayStation. So oh, I've, you did. I've now, I've now got my PS Five money just stacked. Yeah, that 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 must be like one, a, a really sought after console, mate. So CEX wouldn't take it because it had a hairline scratch. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I don't want to put on eBay because I get messed around with eBay people. Literally put on Facebook Marketplace. I was honest. I was like, look, it's got light scratching on the chassis. Controllers in mint condition. It's got full packaging, everything with it. Even the outer box, the inner box came in, everything. I was like, I put it up, I put it up for, uh, I think it was like 350. And I had 20 messages in the space of an hour. <laughs> oh, wow. People went mad for it. Uh, and I was happy with 350 because it was scratched. You know, it goes for 500. Like I was looking on eBay, the 500 mint conditions selling. So I was like, it's fair about well, yeah, 350 scratch. Uh, yeah, and this guy called Andrew, amazing guy, literally messaged me. Uh, he, he, fair play, the trust he had in me because he was like, I want it to make sure I get it. I'm paying you now. And I pick it up tomorrow. I'm like, you're going to bank trust me for me now? He's like, yeah. I'm like, but I could just run off and you'd never see me ever again. I could draw the, all my money out of my bank because I've got nothing left in there and run away into the moonlight. Uh, obviously, I'm not like that. He he wanted it so bad, he bank transferred me the 350 on the spot, even like the day before he picked it up. Um, so yeah, he was proper chuffed. And he's a lovely guy. So yes, yeah, so now I've got, because I've got 150 on my game card as well. Uh, now I've got literally 500 pounds scrolled away, ready for the PlayStation 5. And that's what you reckon it's going to cost? I reckon it's going to be 450, personally. I do. Four 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 nine nine uh, digital. No, sorry, it's going to be three nine nine digital version, four hundred quid, and four nine nine uh, disc version, which is going to be five hundred pound. That that ultra HD Blu-ray player is it's just beefy already. Like that that they could price that point at six fifty if they wanted to, but obviously they need to try and make it affordable. But coming back to devices and, and technology and stuff like that. You see the new VR camera for PlayStation. It's got two cameras, and it's so tiny. It's packing so yeah, much tech. VR camera though, is it? A yeah, VR camera? Are, it, it, are they it, they're designing it. They haven't said it's VR support yet for the PlayStation Five. There, I'm sure it will though, because you can't have new tech and then not work backwards on your old devices. Like, because you don't have a VR 3.0 coming out. You, you, the P, unless they do a mysteriously last minute announcement and say psvr is now rebranding as as just playstation vr and not playstation vr 3.0 and then then just have a have the new model as your standard selling one 
but then that would piss a lot of people off including guys who have spent money already who because if you're going to be buying a playstation 5 you want to get everything ready you want the playstation vr you want the playstation moves and you want all that stuff ready because when you do go on to buy ps5 you'll have the complete experience of playing in this immersive world of gaming but yeah, whatever they whatever they do decide to, I'm sure they're gonna say it's gonna be backwards compat with the with the VR 2.0 model. But the PS5 event showed off a great mix of hardware, which we've just spoken about, and game trailers, which we're gonna dissect right now because we haven't had the opportunity to because we've been on a break. And those games visually, they have stunned us to a whole new level. If I was to say personally that reveal event was probably my favorite gaming event to happen since playstation came out at e3 2013 so controversial and you're both gonna hate me go for it sorry all three you're gonna hate me go for it none of those games looked as good as the last of us part two jesus christ ratchet and clank uh, get up! Get the no, fuck out! Have you not, dude, did you not see? Did I you saw not the, see? I saw the oh my effects god! And stuff. I did. I did. Right. That and SSD. Yes. No, no, no. It, it looked incredible, right? It did. But, but that's cartoon graphics, right? Hear me out. Hear me out, boy. Right. Last of Us Part Two is realistic graphics, and nothing I saw from that showcase came close to Last of Us Part Two. I don't know. I don't know if any of you are going to agree with me or not. I don't know if James. James actually might because he's played the Wondrous Last of Us Part Two all the way through, probably on a PS4 Pro, hopefully. Um, but it, it wasn't a pro, yeah. It was yeah. I got Good my man. It's Good man. Oh, I mean, isn't it beautiful, Last of Us Pro? It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's so silent. I forgot how quiet consoles can oh, be. Oh, it's gorgeous. Um, yeah, I'm proud of you for getting that. Uh. Also, the gunmetal oh, and the etching. Oh, I love it. So, yeah, basically, in my opinion, none of the games looked as good as Last of Us Part 2. However, however, when you take into account how incredible Ratchet and Clank looked, I have not been this excited for a Ratchet and Clank game since PS2. So, Color Me X. No, PS3, sorry. They weren't on PS2. PS3. So, Color Me X. No, they were on PS2. Yeah, well, yeah, tools of destruction. Yeah, 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 yeah I thought that, so. That game, I right? Thought so. It? Yeah, my bad. Sorry, podcast. Yeah, on PS2, I'm super hyped for the new Ratchet and Clank. You're right. The SSD was phenomenal. However, 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 we know how these launch trailers and gameplays go, don't we? Uh, you know, things do get downgraded. Even Last of Us Part Two got downgraded since this E3 trailer gameplay, not by a lot, but a tiny, tiny bit. So. What I'm thinking and what I want to challenge is how much of that was actually in-game and not cutscene. Because because you can you can you can you can hide cutscene within gameplay very cleverly now. We've seen it done in God of War. We've seen it done in Last of Us. Seen it done in so many games. So how much of that world jumping that we experienced the entire game was, was scripted? Because all I saw and I'm excited for this game, mind. All I saw from the teleportation trick was moving things, going going through things not far away, like, you know, about 20 meters away, like Bioshock Infinite with the tears, exactly like the tears in Bioshock Infinite. So I'm just thinking to myself, how much of what we saw is actually gameplay showing off the quote unquote SSD? So Insomniac, um, they they make all their cutscenes 
rendered from the game engine itself. So whatever you yeah, see is, is yeah, yeah. That, that's, 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 what I'm, that's what I'm saying. That's what I mean. They is it a cutscene or are they actually physically allowed to play within that space? I, I, I genuinely believe it's a mix, so it would like transition between gameplay to a very short cutscene back to so, gameplay. So it's not as impressive because it's because it's, it's an on rails segment. I mean, you but could... Ra- Ratchet and Clank has always been known for for its adventure and and how oh, no, no, which how is, much which... it's it's like very colourful and cartoony and and how they they emphasise that on the weapon arsenal and the 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 particle effects and, oh, and no, I'm the, sure part, the train racing the effects were gorgeous the ray tracing was gorgeous I agree with you about them right but I just feel how much of what we saw is actually in true keeping of what the game's going to be like I, I think I, I think for me personally as a fan because I'm a biased as well that was that was all in game I'm not sure if it's playable the person whoever whoever was doing that editing that video it could have been actual gameplay I don't know maybe with no HUD but it looks gorgeous it looks one of the more promising games to come out on the playstation 5 than its other counterparts and that's just because i'm a, a fan title is it I'm no gonna decide if it is no so um let's just quickly recap the games and then i will pull out a list of games that are coming out on holiday launch because so from at, top at the moment to, there's not many yes yeah, so from top to bottom spider-man mars morales which is a launch title gran turismo 7 it's currently not a launch title because it doesn't have a fixed release date ratchet and clank rift apart which we've just discussed is not coming out until next year because insomniac are focusing on polishing and finishing off spider-man oh really yeah project athia yeah because insomniac they have they i'm I'm sure they're not more than 500 people that's really annoying because i think that would have sold really well as a launch title yeah at the moment just having spider-man miles morales as your main launch title is really weak sony i'm sorry it really is it's true project athia which doesn't have a release date at the moment stray which is 2022 uh, stray which is the cat game uh we'll go into detail about that because i know uh uh, Mikey and and James want to talk about that a lot. Oh, Stray looked amazing. And then just quickly going, you got Returnal, Sackboy, a big adventure, Kina, Bridge of Spirits, Oddworld, Soulstorm, Ghostwire, Tokyo, God Four, Solar Ash, Hitman Three, Hitman Three, holy fucking crap, Astrobot, Little Devil Inside, NBA Two K Twenty One, Bug Snacks, Death Loop, Resident Evil Village. Oh my God, we'll talk about that in a second. Pragmata. Horizon, Forbidden West, and Grand Theft Auto V Enhanced. Pragmata's confirmed to be 2022. Yeah, yeah. Right then, let's go straight into it with, um, start off with Horizon Forbidden West. What are you guys' thoughts on that? I mean, it looked incredible. It did, but I never really got drawn to Horizon 1. I mean, I played it, and I was like, this is good. It's just, you know, dinosaurs and crossbows. Um, robot dinosaurs. But, I mean, graphically, it looks incredible. However, I don't know if anyone's going to agree with this. Maybe James will. Is it didn't look much different than Horizon 1, graphically. Really? Because Horizon 1, you know, kind of was like, broke the envelope for graphics. Like, when that launched on the PS, the PS Pro, that was the PS Pro's launch title. That looked freaking incredible and still looks freaking incredible even now. I... It didn't look too much different to me, to be quite honest with you. The only thing that blew my mind was how beautiful the underwater graphics were. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, looks looks good to me, anyways. Uh, I, I enjoyed uh, Horizon the first one, anyway. So 
yeah, jumping back into the story and seeing where it goes from there is probably going to be a good, good, uh, good shout. Don't get me wrong, I absolutely love the first Horizon. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I was really happy to see the second one. Um, yeah, it's kind of it's hard to judge. Um, you know, it's nice to see different locations. It looks like it's getting a lot warmer. Um, but yeah, and I'm, I'm, I think we'll see some interesting stuff. I I think where I go is I'm like I want to see some actual robot dinosaurs. Like I think there's a lot of interesting creatures that were sort of omitted from the first game that I'm hoping I'll see this time around. But I mean, yeah, you saw those uh, you saw those dudes riding the giant um, robot mastodon, didn't you? That, that was cool. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm all up for it. I think it looked I think it looked cool. Um, yeah, I guess until you see gameplay, uh, it's going to be hard to tell. But I, I think I've, you know, I've thought this before. I thought the PlayStation reveal event, there was a, a couple of games that looked like they could have just been out on PlayStation 4 today. You know, what, what are we waiting for? <clears throat> I mean, obviously, I'm waiting for bug snacks. I'm waiting for the bug snacks. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> He's memeing, dude. He's memeing. So what about Mars Morales then? Because that's a, that's a high. That's probably the. Highly anticipated PS5 Don't get me game. wrong, it looked incredible, but it also looked like Spider-Man. I mean, I know that sounds a really weird thing to say because it is Spider-Man and it is Miles Morales, but it just looked like Spider-Man, the PS4 game. I mean, graphically it didn't, but gameplay-wise, it was like, this just feels like the same game. What What is, what is your expectations then on that, on, on that specific game? Well, you're Miles Morales, so it should feel differently. Okay. You know, I want the swinging to feel different. I want the physics to feel different. Yeah, but they said that the swinging is a bit different because obviously he's still kind of learning how to be Spider-Man. So he has his own kind of vibe and, and style when he does swing. Like they they explained that in, in, in the thing. Like he's got his own kind of new new way of, of acting and being Spider-Man. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that as well in terms of gameplay. Like it's not going to be exactly the same uh, swinging because if if it is going to be that way then it's literally just going to be spider-man like the, the game before it so yeah adding those little tweaks and differences to the game is gonna it's gonna uh make the gameplay uh different let's just get one thing clear about that spider-man web swinging i mean having played spider-man 2 on the playstation 2 that was when they really found, and it was one guy. It was apparently one guy just did it. Oh, it was mental. Yeah, and and created those physics. And then for some reason, every Spider-Man game, no matter how good the graphics got, and how you know, generations passed, and this this the web swinging physics sucked. And and finally, this new game got them right. So. You know, yeah, I've, I've, I've seen that Morales will handle slightly differently, but I don't want them to go too far from, from what they've got right because physics is a delicate thing to get right. Uh, and I'd hate for them to lose the equilibrium they've created. But, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for Miles Morales. Any any sneakerheads out there listening to our new episode for, for the first time in a while? It'd be pretty cool if Mike... Uh, did a partnership with uh, with PlayStation, and you were able to change Mars Mars's sneakers. For example, the 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 Nike trainers that he wears in in uh, the animated film into the Spider Verse. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd Same be here. a really nice little feature. But in terms of graphics, we are hoping for a little bit more of a kick. 
uh, now that the game plays at true 60 frames per second at 40 4k which is i there's a lot of people out there that defend the playstation in terms of its graphical power no the playstation 4 does not achieve true 4k oh, it's it, it, it never it oh, never does it does get 60 frames but that is barely 60 frames at uh, uh, just above 1080. The PlayStation 5, we're going to be getting true 60 frames per second at native 4K. So this will be one of the first titles that we get to experience that in a whole new graphical generational aspect. That's, uh, that is uh, one title I'm probably going to play. Not, not as much, but just to get a feel of, of the graphics. But there's another game that everyone's probably looking forward to. I'm not sure about you guys, because you guys have very, such a niche type of games that you enjoy from chris chris likes playing the last of us he's very passionate about that mikey <laughs> is very passionate about his competitive games and his indie games and james is he loves his art he's an art person and he loves attention to detail and even a good storyline but there are a lot of players out there who it's like don't just call me an art person like, <laughs> oh yeah 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 james likes like space invaders and stuff like that too he he he, he thrives with that shit but there's a lot. There's gamers out there who don't care about Spider-Man, Miles Morales. They don't care about Ratchet and Clank. All they, all, all they're looking forward to is, is Elden Ring. Yes, that's a great title that's coming out. But Demon Souls remake. That's literally all they're caring about on this PlayStation reveal. That's that's all anyone who who's played Dark Souls and Demon Souls cared about at that event. What do what do you guys think? I mean, this is Japan Studios and Blue Point Games coming back with you know from software's first entry into this whole new genre and they're bringing it back as a remake i never played the first one i saw i saw my friend play um and it looked hard but it looked really good so my first experience with um from software was bloodborne and then dark souls 3 and i do like him so it's gonna be good to see um see what what started it all so yeah i'm excited yeah, out of all of those titles and that type of genre of games, the, the only one I played was Bloodborne, and I enjoyed it, but uh, those kind of games, like, you got to have some a certain amount of, uh, uh, not anger, what, what's the word? Frustrated, frustration that you just can't I think. hate all Souls-style games. Like <laughs> I said it. The Surge, hated. Surge 2, hated. Bloodborne, hated. Dark Souls, hated. Skiro, hated. Neo, hated. Code Vein. Yeah. I thought. I thought. Right now, Code Vein. I thought. I'm loving this. The anime style is awesome. I love the character creation. I spent hours in character creation. Got to the first boss and went. <laughs> Fuck this game. <laughs> Fuck this game to hell. Fucking done with it. What so, makes Bloodborne so? Yeah. So what makes Bloodborne a, a successful title then? If if because people like punishment. No, <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. It's more. I think it's more the sense of achievement after after retrying over and over and over again to finally beat that boss that you've been trying to kill for the hundredth time. Is it? That's what. That's what the, the game's all about. Um, I it kind it reminds me of a game like I don't really like those style of games, but then I go and play Dead Cells for example, and I can play Dead Cells over and over and over again. Like roguelike games, are like uh, a genre that I'm kind of getting more and more interested in into uh, recently. But uh, playing that in comparison to like uh, Dark Souls and Bloodborne, like I get I get more fun out of playing uh, those type of games where you keep constantly die and restart again. 
like is there something different about that um that feeling of finally beating that boss that you've been just trying to beat for so long and you finally got it and yeah so that that's what that's what makes those people come back and super excited about it so that's probably why yeah i hear that um the king of racing sims returns uh with the uh the recently announced gran turismo 7 which looks to be a true return to form with i guess total car customization ultra realistic physics and uh basically everything that gran turismo is very famous for uh gran turismo 7 gave us the perfect looks at what the playstation 5 can deliver when it comes to true to life detail with vast environments to show off I guess you can say the tray racing details that that we are all tweeting about and stuff like that. But your first reactions to Gran Turismo Seven when you did see that at the event, what what, what did you guys think about it? I'm not gonna lie, yeah, I watched that trailer or the little preview, and I'm not gonna lie to you, it was kind of weak, in huh? my opinion. Huh? It was but very you know why? weak. It did not look next gen. It looked no, no, it looked okay. I think they just didn't show it off the way that they could have. I think the driving, uh, there wasn't much to the driving. Like the, the the person whoever was was showing off the game and driving the car, like they, they, they didn't. Sh- I don't think they showed it off to its full potential. There's a lot more that they can they could have done with the trailer, but aesthetically and, and graphically, it looks good in my opinion. But yeah, um, I mean, I always expect if there, if there was going to be one game that really showed the power of the PlayStation Five, it's usually. I mean, it's, it's usually Gran, uh, Gran Turismo like shows what I'm to expect, but yeah, no, I'm with, I'm with you. I I felt a little bit underwhelmed. Um, the the graphics jumping so incrementally at this point because we've we've just had such a strong run of like uh, generation end games with with really good graphics that the, the jump's just not big enough like it used to be. I know I know it will be when you're playing it, but just to see it on your screen at the time. Yeah, didn't didn't do much for me. Chris is just there, like, ah, graduation, not my cup of tea. The Last of Us Three, please. No, yeah. no. Tell what is my cup of tea of racing games? The Forza Horizon series. Oh my yeah, god, I, I, I fucking can, I can love relate. it. Oh Wait, you said God. Horizon, not Forza. No, yeah, the Forza no. Horizon. Screw normal Forza, it's too shit. <laughs> yeah, man. The no- Forza Horizon series is phenomenal. I literally recently just got Xbox Game Pass on PC, which I 100% recommend everyone. Dude, we're playing Forza together! And I, bro, I've been playing Forza Horizon 4, and oh my fucking god, does that game look absolutely freaking incredible. To the way that you play the game, the way it feels to drive the cars, customization, the races. Oh my god, does that game really stand up to par to what driving the games are supposed to be in terms of how it just looks and how it feels, man. That that game literally smacks out of the park for racing games out there. And people that make racing games need to take reference from Forza Horizon 4 because... Uh, when I was seeing it like presented and stuff, like I'm not really a massive fan of uh, racing games. Like not until back in when I used to play racing games, like uh, Need for Speed uh, Underground and stuff like that. And then to jump into Forza and have a whale of a time, like my god, dude! Everyone needs to jump into Forza and just uh, rekindle their memories of playing racing games, how it's supposed to be done. In my, for me, anyways, dude. Yeah, yeah, I can relate. I just wish they could, uh, Criterion could come back and just focus on burnout, you know? Like, Ooh. properly. 
But I, I, we're never going to get that. The same as EA is not going to give us Dead Space 4. <sighs> but anyways, I think the next one's going to be the one that we enjoy the most. And this might might cause a little bit of a, a, bit of a discussion. Um, do you remember when there were leaks happening around the internet for Resident Evil Village? And then we, we expected to see the game at uh, the PlayStation event. But what we didn't expect was the way Capcom would handle that. Because um, there's two sides to this story. One, the Resident Evil 4 fans were expecting Resident Evil 4 Remake. And the second group of fans were expecting some sort of sequel to Resident Evil 7. Not in its entire format, but just a sequel. And I guess this is the direction that Capcom's taken. It's a bit of a surprise announcement thrown in towards the end of the, the show. The game looks to bring an open-world survival, survival horror element, which is sort of different to what they're doing. So they've, they've they started with the third-person over-the-shoulder linear-style gameplay, and then they moved over to the first-person horror genre that really works for them because it, it fucking looks realistic. Resident Evil 7 is a game that everyone needs to play. But this one, while no official gameplay has been released... The footage that we did see shows some incredible looking visuals. I mean, Chris Redfield. Oh, what the fuck is going on there, bro? <laughs> Chris. Chris Redfield's a werewolf. Fuck off. Well, yeah, because it would explain everything. Like how he's got superhuman strength, can survive from like massively drops from to the fucking floor and stuff. I think Chris Redfield's a werewolf. So what since since number five or since number two? Since I don't know since when, but he's. I think he's a werewolf. The beginning. Gameplay. Gameplay. I think is gonna is gonna be really good. I just. I don't know how they're gonna do this open world survival horror element that they're bringing into the game. But if they make it in the same style as Resident Evil Three, but but this one is gonna be first person, so. I don't know. Until I see some gameplay from Capcom, I, I'm, 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 I don't know. I'm probably going to play it, but I'm not sure what what console. Because uh, if I don't, I'm not sure if they're prioritizing the VR now, but it might be, uh, include in the packaging for PlayStation Five. But yeah, that's that's Resident Evil, and then uh, closing off the PlayStation bit, I guess, on this podcast. Hey, this is where you guys are probably going to be be coming out with so much, so many words. You got Stray, Sack, a sack Boy, A Big Adventure, Keener, Bridge of Spirits, and Bug Snacks. Go for it, guys. The floor's all yours. Well, Bug Snacks is what we're here for, right? I think, I, <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think everyone's here for Bug Snacks, dude. That game is going to change the way we all play games. It's going to be the one to get. Number one game of the year. I, I am calling this right now. It's going to be game of the year. Um, and yeah. 100% gonna get that day release. Day one, day one buy for me. Do we know if there's a collector's edition for Bug Snacks yet? <laughs> it comes with a pack Wait, of ribs. It comes with a pack of ribs. It comes, no, no, it comes with a pack of ribs with googly eyes on it. Oh my god, you can put googly eyes everywhere. Mate, want... that's gonna be legit. If Dead Island can release boobs as a collector's edition, I'm sure they can do that. That's true. I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, want Chris to get as obsessed with bug snacks collecting as he did with um, Last of Us. I won't spend thousands of pounds collecting bug snacks. <laughs> I think I, I've heard people say that they didn't actually show what the game's fully is about because at the end of the the thing, it kind of took a dark turn. 
Uh, so I, I think there's a lot more to the game that they can that they didn't show, but uh, I hope so anyway. Uh, there's like a dark turn, and it's not actually what it seems like a happy old, good old uh, game. You see, just to talk about the game that actually you know I actually am interested in, uh, Stray. Mm. I, you know, I've seen articles popping up on Facebook for years now. People tagging me going, "Oh, we check this game out," and it says this game lets you solve uh, crimes as a cat and I'm like yeah that sounds cool and it's this is what Stray was it's it's been on people's radar for a long time but it's just been nameless and yeah I think you know obviously I'm you can just apparently you can just throw a cat in a game and apparently that'll make me want to buy it so that works but you know the whole world looks interesting I like the little twist that they've replaced people with robots and who knows what's going to happen um it just seems like a really inventive uh, fun little concept and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where it develops yeah there's not many games out there that you you play as animals or not for a long time that's really popped out uh in the radar of of that so yeah it's definitely Bro, you, on you guys remember dog's life on ps2 <laughs> Bro, you mean planned. you mean nintendo pets nintendo no pets no do you remember game? a dog's life on playstation 2 where you can no. play as a dog and you can like run around different levels Oh my god, you guys are missing out on some some sweet childhoods. I'm joking. Just <laughs> trying to talk about like games and uh, do you remember Biomutant was gonna come out? Like what? And isn't that still on the release radar? Who knows? Like that was a game that that sort of gave me those stray vibes. Like you were playing as a weird little creature. But I was expecting to see some updates. Like I know we're talking about games that we're looking forward to, but just for a second, games that we expected to see. Like, and I was thinking, oh, you know, we're going to see um, an update on Biomutant, possibly. Like, it's probably moved to PlayStation 5. But I was expecting something on Beyond Good and Evil 2. I mean, it's been years since we've had an update on that. That's true. That is true. That was a big deal. That and, was a massive true. There was a lot of rumours that we were going to get a sneak peek at God of War 2, and I was really up for that. I mean, because um, Santa Monica... It could have easily just had something that just went, boy... Are you ready? And then you just see like an older Kratos, an older Atreus walking up to like the gates of whatever. And I'd be like, boom, and just say God of War 2. And I'd be like, thank you. Yeah. That is now me ejaculated all over my TV. I'm very yes. happy. You may continue. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a mad close off to the to the uh the showcase, definitely. I mean, I loved you know, Horizon was a good show, was a good showstopper as well, but I just I think I just was expecting God of War, so I was just very surprised when it didn't turn up. But then, you know, a lot of games have sort of fell out of the, the back end of things um, recently, so... Don't forget, James, we still have the PlayStation Experience event that they do in December. That's a key moment for PlayStation to announce new titles. Yeah, they announced, um, they announced uh, Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 2016. Yeah. So what, 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 what PlayStation could do now is they could have a six-month turnaround when it comes to announcing games. So they have block one of January to June, but obviously we'll say December where they announce the games. And then the next block, which is in June with E3, they could have their own showcase there. Or with the way they're going now, they could they could pull off these, um, these Nintendo Direct type of showcases that everyone's uh, jumping on board because of quarantine and lockdown and stuff like that. But yeah, this 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 looks like it's it's giving Sony it's giving Sony a bigger platform than they did five years ago, and Xbox aren't doing enough 
as it is to compete, which is why they've probably said that they are they are moving away from looking at Sony as a competitor. They're now they're now looking at Google Stadia as a competitor, which is, that, that sucks big time, man. Chris, let me ask you this. Would you prefer to have a more variety of first party catalog games or would you prefer to have a game pass at the expense of your first party studios not producing enough content akin to what PlayStation are doing at the moment? I'd rather a game pass because it separates the PlayStation and Xbox in really strong ways that consumer can choose what they want then you know if you want a netflix style experience where your games are on demand you just download them whenever you want to play them they change every single two to three months go go for game pass if you know go for the xbox if you want a more akin story uh where the studios proper pump a lot into their games i mean not saying xbox don't but i mean you want incredible stories and vision i'm not saying xbox don't have that they do look at hell look at hellblade but and if you want that you know you want that kind of full-on story to the player experience you go with playstation uh and that's that's the difference i mean i'm gonna i'm, I'm generally gonna say this and people are gonna hate me probably over the mic but i think it's gonna come to it if, if, especially if lockhart exists that lockhart and so, so how it's gonna go is lockhart and series s is for the casual gamer xbox series x is for the hardcore gamer and ps5 is for the hardcore gamer so they're definitely gonna 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 aim the series s at if it exists which i really think it does uh in at the the more uh mainstream audience you know imagine it now why would a kid pay or a parents pay for a kid 500 pound to use a series x when all they're going to be playing is fortnite and maybe PUBG or whatever they're going to literally pick up a series s because it's all downloaded it's all in one place it's a small box sits under their tv kids happy because you can play with all these xbox series x mates because they all share the same infrastructure uh and everyone's a winner because the kid feels like he's got a next gen unit even though technically he's got a lower gen unit than the series x he's still got a higher gen unit than the normal xbox one so yeah that's a good hand of card by by my xbox just depends on how real, much money if it's real and how much the series s is going to cost if the series s doesn't generate enough money for xbox do you think they're just going to discontinue it or they do you think they're going to continue even though they're losing i mean obviously they're not going to lose revenue because the xbox series one x is still going to generate a hell of a lot of money for them plus their first party titles are going to generate plus the multi-platform titles are going to generate a lot of money plus they have the xbox game pass but stuff like that but what i mean is just in terms of units if it's not to what they're expecting what do you think they would do to change that discontinue or continue gambling and risking i think they're, they're still going to want to stay in the the high-end market because playstation 5 is very high-end yeah. so, so is the series x so even if lockhart sells more uh series s if it exists they're still going to want to keep their next gen beefy boom you know this is how powerful we are machine they're not going to want to fall behind playstation in that regard uh, so even if it doesn't sell as much as the Lockhart or Series S, if still, this is all speculation, but I've seen actual documents of patterns and stuff. It, it exists. Um, you know, and I, I definitely think Xbox weren't expecting them to, PlayStation to release an all digital console. They they were probably like, mother did that first. Uh, so I, I, I generally think they're going to be like, you know what? Here's our response, PlayStation. Boom, 250 quid. Boom, digital only. Boom, you can literally get day of release. You pay 260. Actually, no, they go one step further. They could go 
buy Project Lockhart and get a month's free Game Pass. Boom. Literally, all you pay is 250 quid. You've got a, a month's worth of, of Game Pass as ultimate to play whatever you want. Uh, and for the first month, which you obviously get roped in for when you see how good it is, you literally, literally 250 quid. That is all you have to spend for an X-Gen console. Uh, you know, if you want to go the Series X, it'll be 500 plus 70, 70, 70 per game. Same as PS5, it'll be 450 plus 70, 70, 70 per game. So they could be so clever here. And I would stand up and applaud Microsoft. They have the balls to do this because it will literally be, <laughs> it'll be a fucking game changer. It would be amazing if, if they can because I'll post it in the in the comments for you guys on our Facebook. As a guy that compared the specs of what of what the, the pattern Series S is, and he's running Shadow of the Tomb Raider uh, on. He basically took the specs and did it to built 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 a computer the same as that. Guys, holy shit! It looks incredible. If a Series S can deliver that, I'm like, wow, wow. Uh, you know, it can play it can it can play Doom at 4K at 60 FPS. I mean that's that's impressive. So sorry, the the, the, the new Doom, Doom, the new Doom, um, a, sol a solid 60 FPS at 4K. So I think the, the Series S or Lockhart. I know I've rambled. I'm sorry, guys, but it's 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 the way I think it's gonna. I think if they announce it and it's true and it's real and we see it, hopefully tomorrow, I'm gonna be like Microsoft. You might have a chance of winning this thing. Cool, brave words. Well, as I said, I'm a Sony pony, and for me to say those words, I want to be sick. But I got to commend Microsoft if they have the balls to do it. Thank you so much to to everyone who's come back on to the Untold Culture and are listening to our first episode in a while. Thank you so much, just Justy, Mikey, and James, aka Wolf and Lambs Clone, for coming on once again to speak about our thoughts on the PlayStation Five. It's long overdue. I've been Lights a bit. I've been Mikey. I've been just Gosty. And I've been Morphin Lamps Clothing. And this is this. We are the Untold Culture Podcast. Untold Culture Podcast. Boom. And again, by the way, Chris, fuck, what the fuck, man? No, and I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with this game. I'm done. I'm uninstalling it. <laughs> I know, right? Could you imagine on the first day Last of Us came out and I went on Facebook and someone said,